I know what it's like to want to find your calling in life, but don't know where to start. In our fast-paced world where daily demands dictate more of our destiny than God does, it's no wonder we feel cut off from God's roadmap for our lives. That's why I wrote Make It Matter. It's a roadmap to help you live a life of purpose, and I'm excited to announce that it's just been released on Audible. So go to chrisreese.com slash M-I-M to check it out. Building Faith Podcast from Chris Reese Ministries is a podcast to bring biblically-based messages and lessons on how to apply God's Word into your everyday life. Well, hey, my friend, welcome back to the Building Faith Podcast. I am so thrilled to be here with you today. I am your host, Chris Reese, and my mission, as always, will be to help you to apply God's Word to your everyday life. Today, we are in episode 114, and we're talking about six ungodly things that Christians do often. So what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, it means that you believe on the one who died for your sins and you surrender your life to his lordship. That's it. That's all it takes to be saved. But walking out that salvation, my friend, that's a different story. That takes a lifetime. And no, this does not mean that we have to perform for God or earn brownie points. He loves us just the way we are, although I don't understand that sometimes. But he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to stay the way we are. 2 Corinthians 3.18 reminds us that we are continually transformed into the image of Jesus. But if we're truly honest, we do get conflicting messages from the world. You see, God says one thing and the world says another. And depending on which voice is louder in your world will determine who you decide. Yeah, I actually said decide. Who you decide to listen to. And in my 20 plus year walk with God, I have found, as I'm sure you have, that just because someone says they're a Christian and is talking the talk, doesn't mean they're walking the walk. So in our few minutes today, I want to talk to you about six ungodly things that Christians do often. The first one is posting provocative pictures. Unfortunately, I see this all too often now, certainly in the face of Instagram and uh, Facebook and any social media platform. People are really just putting themselves out there, and Christians included. Okay, so maybe they're not posting nude photos, but since when do we gauge ourselves against the worst in the world as opposed to the biblical standard that God sets? Look, I get it. Times have changed. What was once considered provocative is now considered prudish. But Romans 12, 2 reminds us that we are not to be conformed to the ways of this world. And just because the rest of the world shows off its goodies doesn't mean that we should. A lot of times I have found that women who are out there, Christian or not, are dealing with a high level of insecurity and or pride. When we have to put ourselves out there, and I'm talking to you ladies right now, and we have to put ourselves out there to gain that kind of attention, we pull ourselves away from gaining the attention of the one who so longs to give us our heart's desire, to give us all the attention we have ever wanted. 
Like I had a friend of mine one time uh, who was talking to me and, and she wasn't agreeing with this necessarily, but she said in her culture, it's acceptable and even expected for a woman to show off her cleavage. So her question was, you know, because it's acceptable in my culture, should that be okay? And again, I go back to Romans 12 too. We are not to be conformed to the ways of this world, culture or not. And number two, saying, oh my God. Look, a phrase said by believers and non-believers alike, which I don't understand. I mean, think about it. If you don't believe in God, why are you saying, oh my God? Just saying. Look, there's nothing wrong with the phrase, oh my God, as long as you're using it in the right context. If we're saying, oh my God, in form of praising and adoration and wonderment over who he is and what he's done, that's completely appropriate. But to say it in the dramatic context that conveys surprise, it's not biblical. And I believe that it's dishonoring to him. And the same is true for cursing and saying things like L-M-A-O. I think you know what that's short for. Look, please don't get me wrong. I'm not judging. I'm not criticizing. I myself have slipped up more times than I'd like to admit with my potty mouth. I don't want you to beat yourself up. But I'm talking about the Christians who make this a way of life and they're okay with it. It's not okay. We are to turn from all manner of vulgar speech, and we are not to take the Lord's name in vain. Number three, inappropriate behavior with the opposite sex. Yes, I see this amongst Christians all the time. Look, when most people think of inappropriate behavior, they think uh, in a purely sexual contact. Look, it's so much more than that. Well, whether you are full contact with hugging on the opposite sex or touching in a suggestive, albeit acceptable manner in this world's eyes, they, are, they too are dishonoring not only to your spouse, if you have one, but they're dishonoring to God. We, we have a very jealous God, and we are not to be flirting inappropriately to try to get our way, to try to get attention. Whether or not this person of the opposite sex is married, whether or not you're married, your body is meant to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we are not to share it in such a way. And that goes for our emotions as well. So inappropriate behavior can be touching. It can also be an emotional engagement, but I see Christians doing this all the time. And the next one is dating unbelievers. Gosh, for as often as God says this in his word, I, I am still amazed at the number of people that actually continue to date non-believers. Look, if we are to look at the purpose of dating, it is to find a spouse. 2 Corinthians 6.14 reminds us not to be joined together with unbelievers. That means no partnerships. That means no marriage. That means no business partnerships. We don't get into a partnership with an unbeliever. This doesn't mean that we can't be friends with unbelievers, but we are not to form unions with them. So if you shouldn't marry an unbeliever and dating is meant to lead to marriage, why would we even start the dating process with an unbeliever? And here's what I found. 
Many will enter with the belief in what we refer to as conversion dating, believing that they can actually convert this person to Christ. Look, it's possible, but please hear me, rare, very, very rare. And in the meantime, you're allowing yourself to get emotionally and even physically involved with this person, even if you say you're not. Spending any significant amount of time with somebody is going to create an emotional attachment. And when you look to rip that attachment apart, it is going to hurt, especially when we shouldn't have been connected with them to begin with. The next thing is entertain other religions. Look, I'm just going to call this out and this isn't going to be popular, but if you are open to forms of crystal healings, new age practices, and forms of yoga, you are not serving God as the one true God. Many of these elements have religious elements behind them. And look, just because we can modify them and give them a different name doesn't make them any less harmful. And my prayer is that you will shut the door to anything questionable. Look, I'd rather be a fool for being overly cautious than doing anything that offends the one true God who gave his only son for me. Look, a few yoga poses that have been popularized, they're just not worth it. And lastly, I find that many Christians live below the blessing. Look, our God is a God of abundance and excess. Don't believe me? Go check out Ephesians 3.20. And a lack of faith brings reproach to the name of God. God is abundant. God is plentiful. And there is no lack in his kingdom. A poverty mindset, a mindset of lack, and operating below your resources are not godly. Look, we want others to be drawn to Jesus. And if we're walking around with a mindset of lack and putting ourselves down and living in our worst case scenarios, it causes others to look on and say, why would I want that? Look, I'm not saying that we draw others to Christ with our fancy cars and expensive jewelry, but if we are, if we truly are to believe on the one who God sent, then we should believe that he is able to do what he said he was going to do exceedingly, abundantly above what we could ask, hope, or think. And he came so that we could have life and have it in abundance. Look, my friend, please remember that when you were called into the body of Christ, you were set apart as holy. And we are never to conform to the ways of this world, no matter how acceptable they are. But we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Will you allow God to transform your actions today to line up with his holiness so you can be a light in this dark world? I sure hope so. Well, my friend, that's all the time that we have for today. I hope you've enjoyed our time as much as I have. If so, would you please consider subscribing and leaving a rating? I would greatly appreciate it. But before we go, I have a gift for you. If you have ever wondered what God wants you to do with your life, I want to invite you to download a copy of my free Uncover Your God-Given Purpose Guide. It is my gift to you to get you started on the path to discovering how uniquely crafted you are and what God has purposed you for. I'll go ahead and include a link in the description section. Well, my friend, until next time, remember, all things are possible with God.
For more information from Chris Reese, visit chrisreese.com forward slash podcast. That's K-R-I-S-R-E-E-C-E dot com forward slash podcast.